Hi there, I'm Mariah Parsons, your host of Retention Chronicles. E-commerce brands are starting to shift their strategy to focus on retention and the customer experience. And so we've decided to reach out to top DTC brands and dive deeper into their tactics and challenges. But here's the thing, we love going on tangents. And so with our guests, you'll often find us talking about the latest trends as well as any and all things in the Shopify ecosystem. So go ahead and start that workout or go on that walk and tune in as we chat with the leading minds in the space. Retention Chronicles is sponsored by Malomo, a shipment and order tracking platform improving the post-purchase experience. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of our other episodes at gomalomo.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Retention Chronicles. Very excited to have both Jules and Stace, co-founders of Omigir, here on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure to get to know you two, even just through our brief call. I'm super excited that finally today is the day that we get to record. So if you could intro both yourselves and then also your brand for our audience, that would be great. Jules, let's start with you. You got it. Thanks for having us, Mariah. It's fun to be on this with you and get to know you as well. Um, so I'm Jules uh, and married to this lovely human here to my right or your left and um, grew up in Pennsylvania and now live in South Carolina. Um, so that's me. Yep. And I am Stace. And obviously I'm married to her. <laughs> Well, um, and and actually, this is how we are all the time. So this is not just because we're on a podcast. Um, and I am from Aiken, South Carolina, um, also the co-founder of OME Gear, Oceans Plus Mountains equals Earth Gear. And yeah, so I've never lived out of South Carolina. This is this is home. And okay. OME Gear is an outdoor um, outdoor company. And so we make products that help transport things. So either transport gear or eventually we'll be making a product that will help transport people. Um, and so transforming products are kind of what is our thing. Um, and so our flagship product is the Wanderer. Um, and it's an invention that Stace and I came up with. Um, we reinvented something that my parents came up with 25 years ago. So completely redesigned the whole thing and are taking that to market. Love it. Um, I also should have asked, I always normally do this, but I'm glad you called out. Um, so it's O-M-E, not O-M-E. So I didn't even realize that it was an abbreviation and that is on me because I was all through your website and it didn't even click that it would be an abbreviation instead of just its own yeah. word. Um, so can you, cause I watched your Ted talk, obviously I had to, even though, um, like I told you both, I try and purposely not do a ton of research so that we can have conversation on the podcast so my listeners aren't just hearing me get into the nitty gritty of things. Um, so can you give a just a summary real quick of how you took your parents, um, their idea and really saw their dream come to light? Yeah, um, I was working for PricewaterhouseCoopers as a business management consultant and honestly got to a point where I wanted to do something on my own. I didn't want to work 80 hours a week for somebody else. Um, and so I thought of my dad's idea that had been dormant on a shelf for 12 years. And I called him up and just said, hey, dad, what would you think about me trying to take your product to market? And through tears, he said, honey, that would be a dream come true. And he assigned the patent over to me and 
um, which if you have to, if you think about it 12 years later, the product was a two in one transforming product, but it was all plastic and it was big and kind of clunky. And so I picked it up and redesigned it into like a two or three in one. So completely redesigned it, partnered with a manufacturer out of North Carolina and, um, Initially, like some marriages, it was a match made in heaven. And then six months in, we were like, oh, this is not a good partnership. And so I ended up walking away from that. Um, and then Stace and I in like 2017, 2018 said, gosh, nobody has taken this, stolen this idea, which happens a lot. Um, what if we completely redesign it a third time? And that's what we did. And so we completely redesigned it into a five-in-one. So it's now a cot, um, a cart that hauls up to 150 pounds of gear, a high camping chair, a low beach chair, and a lounge chair that reclines. Um, and so we worked with a company out in Michigan, um, spent, gosh, over, what, $350,000 on the design of it um, because it's a really complex idea to make five products be one um, and it still have a small footprint. And so that's what we did. And uh, we've, it's been a roller coaster of ups and downs, um, but we believe this is exactly where we're supposed to be. I love it. How, so you're taking something and obviously like adding more um, usability into it with it going from a two in one to a three in one to a five in one with the design of it, are you rolling out like at once you have all these ideas that you could transform it into to become the five in one? Or is it kind of like a um, like a domino effect where now you start thinking about different things and then it's like to get to the three, three and one to the five in one, are you, I guess, is there a four in one in the middle where you're kind of thinking like incrementally as you're designing um, what what the potential could be there? Yeah, good question. I'll, I'll answer that because her, the former company, I came in on the end of it, and and the the that that product was, um, it was not a transformable unit necessarily. It was two things that you put together, and then you had uh, that would make a cart, um, and then you had a base, and then you had the chair as the back end to make the cart, and then then you would unhook everything, um, and then you had two different height chairs that you could choose from. Um, um, individually, like one chair didn't become two heights. It was a mm, low chair, or a high chair. And okay. so like my parents ordered one and my dad likes the higher chair. My mom likes the lower chair. So they had two chairs, but they nested in together and still, still work together. Um, it was a great design, uh, um, but we needed something that was not going to be as bulky. And so that's when we, and we wanted it to do everything. We wanted to do the high chair. We wanted to do the low chair. We wanted it to be a comfortable lounger. We wanted it to be a camping cot. And then it's, it's actually evolved even further. Um, what we have found in cot mode, if you put up all the legs, you can. If so you only can, the wheels on the ground. We're only the yeah. wheels are mm -hmm. on the ground. We have straps that we created that it carries paddle boards, surfboards, kayaks, even two kayaks. Um, oh. So, you know, to it just is ever evolving. And, and then a lot of people use it in cot mode with all the legs down. Um, and they use it for like a bench when they're sitting on the beach and they have their children and they have four children and they're all sitting there eating their lunch. They can all sit on the bench instead of sitting on the ground. And so it's, it's just ever evolving 
product that our customers are coming up with new ways to use it. And, and it, it is fun. Um, but, but we're always forward thinking like the next product, we have a, a, a litany of products coming uh, and all of them, our whole point of the company is being a multi-use product where we're not, we're getting rid of things out of your garage and, and taking and taking up less space and you can use it for multiple activities or multiple things that you need mm-hmm. tools. Okay. Love it. So I have so many questions. Um, so, <laughs> but first I'm going to tackle, I love the point that you make that you're the last point you just make. So I'm going to walk backwards. Um, of trying to take things like out of your garage and make them multi-use. I feel like right now, and I'm curious to see if you both agree, there's a lot around just sustainability in products of like how many times you can use something for different methods or different, um, different to solve different issues that you're coming around or that you're, that are surfacing in your life. And then I also feel like the nomad lifestyle of moving around and maybe living in an RV for a bit or um, having less, maybe like bigger furniture or bigger, um, bigger pieces that you would have to move around with you is kind of a trend as well. At least that's what I'm seeing, social media, friends, whatnot. And I know you two lived that life for a while. So is that something you're seeing as well, just generally with society of like trying to own less stuff, but also when you do own something, having it be a more equitable or more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a better, a more efficient product, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of follow the trends on Netflix, right? There's a whole, there's a whole series on like, you know, um, downsizing your life. And yeah. we never expected that we were going to have to do that. And the the backstory of that, if you've heard our tech talk, tech talk is we, cause we did like our stuff, you know, we, we had a nice home and, and we liked our space and we liked our things. And, um, and, but we had to sell our home and, and sell everything, uh, probably 95% of our stuff to save our company. And so, and the only option was because our house sold in four days, it was like, oh, what are we going to do now? Was to jump <laughs> in the RV. But when you're living in an RV um, and you're there living for two and a half years in an RV, you have to, every little bit of space is precious. Not to mention, you can only carry so much. You can't pack, you know, yeah. 3,000 pounds of stuff. In, in an RV and travel safe, safe down the road. So you have to be very aware. And so we made sure that anything we had, it had multi-uses and which was good because we had a multi, we have a multi-use product. Um, and that's what a lot of people have gotten rid of their wagons and their other things out of their garage and just hung up one thing, you know, one, the one wonder or two wonders, depending on how many are in the family and how many want one. Um, so, I mean, that was, that has been, and that's, that is our sustainability platform is that we can get rid of the junk and add a quality product that's going to last you more than a season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And hopefully too, if you don't already have some of the things that um, the wander is solving for, then you don't even have to get it in the first place. Right. Like I, um, I can only imagine what my parents, I think I told you both that I grew up in New Jersey, very close to the beach. Um, so my parents 
always when we would go to the beach had to lug around like the quintessential right like three young kids and they were just packed with stuff like coolers you know everything that you could possibly need um for a day at the beach and so when I saw your product I sent it immediately to my mom I was (laughs) like look at this like (laughs) and she was like um because she knows I'm in the space obviously um but she was like yeah people are just so smart these days thinking of stuff that um like I wish I had but it's nice that we have it now um she's like 20 30 years ago when you all were um younger would have been she's like I can't even explain to you how many like quarrels it probably could have solved (laughs) which is (laughs) big families of trying to get everyone on the beach out of the car you know into everything or even like concerts or tailgating you know all those things um where you typically have to load up load up a lot of stuff (laughs) I mean but my mom she's 73 and she and my aunt love to go to the beach. My dad, not so much. But my mom and my aunt, and they take their wonders every time. Mm-hmm. And they load them up. They And, they, you know, they're not carrying their bulky um, lounge chairs anymore. They put their bag on it. They just roll it right onto the beach. And use it from their timeshare is probably a good half a mile walk mm-hmm. to the beach. I mean, and they're fine. They're they're not having to stop and reposition anything. Like yeah, they switch have, hands, you know. <laughs> yep. Or my dad, if he does go, he'll he'll throw his wander on there and grab my aunt's and put her wander up. So that he's carrying three three wonders or two wonders on a wonder with all their stuff, and he just carries it for them, you know. So it's like. And then he's not so upset when he gets to the beach and he can actually <laughs> enjoy the beach when he gets there. So uh, yeah. that, that was the reason my dad's so bitter about the beach. He's like, I guess I've had to lo- haul all your crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had to basically here. transport, yeah, everything. <laughs> half the house to the beach. And then yeah. you can't even enjoy it because you know you have to bring it back. So, oh my God, I get that. Um, I've also seen too, like, yeah, just a lot of carts, um, which marketing is probably just, come in for me because living in a city um granted it's indianapolis but it's very walkable but like chicago um right also in the midwest just people being smarter about like groceries and not having to lug them around um it's one of those ways where technology just you know you can you can be in awe on it because you're like oh yeah well obviously you know why wouldn't we just want a little added convenience there's enough things um that are hard you know right now um So one of the other things now going back one more, um, I guess, statement or bullet point is the different ways and customers finding out different ways that they can use the Wanderer. So are you finding that out just like organically seeing stuff on social? Are people reaching out to you? Um, Do you have some like program in place where, you know, you're incentivizing or you're asking or motivating customers to share all the ways that they're using your product? What, What does it look like behind the scenes there? So our customers are really important to us because we're, I mean, we're still a startup, you know, and so we're still real gritty and scrappy and hopefully this will always be the case for us, but our customers are really important. So every purchase that happens through our website, I send them a personalized email and I just say, Hey, this is Jules. This is not a form email. This is really me writing to you. And I would love to see how one, you heard about us and two, um, how you use your wanderer, right? And so people write back and they're like, oh my gosh, like this rarely happens when I buy a product where I actually get an email from the one of the founders. And then I'll always write them back again so that they know 
it really was me. And I really did read their email. So that's one of the ways, because a lot of times customers will send us pictures and say, I mean, we've gotten them, people using them at the equestrian field. We've gotten them, people using them hunting where they carry their deer that they, you know, killed out from the field or wherever in the woods. Um, we've gotten them from people using them on boats where they go and anchor out to like this island and then they use their wander, you know, on the island. Um, we've gotten them from a guy who was building something at his house and he loaded up four by fours on it and carried it. We've gotten it from a woman who loaded up her big bin of leaves and carried it down to the curbside, you know? So it's really cool to be like, oh my gosh, like this is how people are using them. And then, you know, and then we'll share it on social media to go, this is not just for the beach, like, or Mm -hmm. not just for camping or, I mean, it can literally be used anytime you need to haul something somewhere and then have seating options once you get there, you know? So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's been really fun and we always write back. We always try to, you know, promote it on social and, um, yeah, our customers just really matter to us. Yeah. My dad, yeah. my dad yeah. used to carry mulch around the yard for mom to look for her flower bed. Yeah. <laughs> There you yeah. go. Yeah. I'm trying to think through like other use cases, which will take me so much longer. Um, yeah. Oh, but I wanted to follow up. Sorry. On the, on the other point of that. So we're about to put together an ambassador program. Mm. Um, we're going to call it ambassadors. Um, and it. we, we want like certain customers to um, use it and share it because the best way that we can sell these things is word of mouth. And our customers tell us, they're like, we love this and we hate it. And we're like, oh no, why do you hate it? And they're like, because anytime we go anywhere and we're using it, we get stopped five times and say, what is that thing? Where did you get it? Like, that's amazing. And so then they have to stop and do a demo. But for us, we're like, all right, we have to pay attention to that, you know, because mm-hmm. when a customer does a demo, it's so much better than us doing a demo because people are like, oh, this thing is awesome. You've got to see it. And so we're going to put our customers in the driver's seat and send them swag each month, you know, of like OME cool stuff, um, but also give them um, money when they sell a wander. So we'll give them a certain code and let them actually go out and, you know, do do the frontline sales for us. Um, and they're so stoked about it. So that'll roll out in 2024. And um, we're really excited about that. Oh, I love that. Um that reminds me of, so we had, are you too familiar with the CrossNet brand at all? It's like a, Greg. we love them. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so we had him on here and, um, Greg, that is, and he was, yes, Greg. Yep. And he was telling me just how much like you just get, they were getting stopped in the street and it was obviously it's part of your approach to wanting to play and like a game is such a good thing to do that with because you're very active like um you can you seem very approachable because you're with their game when you're like outside right there's no there's a lower barrier of entry and um I he graciously enough sent me one because I was telling him the previous week we had been playing um so they had sent me snap smash net which is their newer um Mm -hmm. newer game and then the cross net my friend has and so we were playing at um his lake house and so i was just like okay ironic one of those simulation moments right i get to talk to the founder next week so i was telling him and 
people had stopped at both for CrossNet and SmashNet to ask and just be like, what game is that? Because it it intrigues because um, it's something new. And I was so shocked um, when we were playing in a lake house, like I said, and then SmashNet, we were playing Lakeshore Drive um, in Chicago and mm-hmm. the amount of people that just I could like see their eyes because <laughs> it was just yeah. like sitting next to us when we weren't playing. So they were like pointing, right? Like the same that we all would have done um, pointing and looking and like some were brave enough to come up and ask us um, what it was. And then, you know, I could say like, oh, blah, 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 smash that new game. If you know, cross net, yeah. all that stuff. And it is, it is correct in that the word, the strength of word of mouth marketing and hearing from someone else who, even if you don't know them is powerful, but if you do know them, there's an added level of trust in that you all don't have to try to convey information and educate while you're also trying to create the established relationship. So it's way easier to use Mm -hmm. um, the trust that's already established in your customers to then have them portray what the strengths are with your product and like how they love it and how they see it. Uh, Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, we could do all of our marketing that way. We would. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I hope uh, there's not a marketer in the world who would think otherwise, because I think it's just it's right? smart. Is yeah. there a program that you're like a software that you're using for that affiliate program? Or is it going to be like one to one or, um, you know, a curated list of top X customers that you all are reaching out to that you all are taking in house? And it's going to start around? that way. It's going to because we have some incredible customers who have said, hey, do you have any kind of ambassador program? So those are the ones that we're going to start with. And then of course, as it gets bigger, we're going to have to get a software program that we manage it with. Um, mm-hmm. But initially we're going to have somebody on our team who runs that whole program and she's perfect for it. She's really outgoing and all of that. So um, yeah, we, we can't wait to roll it, launch it for sure. I love that. Yeah. Were you going to add something Jules or I feel like I heard you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like to check in um okay awesome how did you how did have you met um how did you meet chris and uh greg i always just like to ask Uh, during covid i mean in the outdoor gear space i mean i think that we all kind of came together because of uh manufacturing and all the 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 wars i think we met them because i remember seeing a cross net in one of our neighbors and we, we sent them video um, well and i'm i'm super active on linkedin and so i think initially i connected with chris um chris on linkedin and then got him on our podcast mm-hmm. do it in nature um and that's how we sort of evolved and now we're really good buddies we yeah. go to a lot of the same trade shows and um share a lot of like war stories with each other and make introductions to different people. So they're good um, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of in the trenches with those guys. They're awesome. I love it. Yeah. From what I can tell from not being in the, you know, outdoor um, space and going to these trade shows, um, they're very willing to share and to get mm-hmm. in the trenches, talk through um, different solutions, different problems, all that jazz. Um, so I love that. Okay. And I was also curious if um, one of them had popped on your podcast. Cause I know they obviously um, are big into the whole world of just sharing and thought leadership. Um, but okay. So I'm going to pivot, um, from talking about just founding story and I want to know like early, early days, what was it like building out a website? Like you have this awesome idea how then before, you know, your customers can market and before you can roll out an affiliate program, 
how are you building the website? How are you um, thinking about like the operations, logistics, funding? Um, what is like, how do you, how do you go even about that if you're trying to um, create a successful brand? Ooh, that's a, that yeah. question is like it's a hard hitter. The, I know. <laughs> you know. I mean, but it's a great question and we get it asked all the time. Like people come up to us all the time. I have this idea. Like, what would you recommend are the first steps, you know? And who, I mean, I would say if, if anybody has an idea and they're thinking about taking the product to market, the first thing that they have to remember is it costs more, it takes longer and it's harder than you would ever imagine. Right. And so with that sentence in mind, it's, do I have what it takes? Um, because it requires a level of grit that hmm, not everybody has. I mean, it is one of the hardest things taking a product to market. Um, that being said, thankfully we had an amazing team right out of the gate one of which was my brother and he's a brand expert. And so he built out our website. And so that, I mean, that was an incredible gift that we had from him. Like he, he came up with the logo, with the colors. I mean, obviously with our input, um, but that, that was really huge for us to, a lot of times you have to look bigger than you really are. And a good website can help you do that. And so when we would go to trade shows early on, when all we had was a prototype where people were like, man, you guys seem like you're an established company. And we weren't, you know, I mean, <laughs> like now, little do you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but when you have good branding, it automatically makes people think that you're more established than maybe you are. So it's really important um, as far as like, who manufacturing and funding you want to take a stab well at that? first of all it's funny you asked that because Jules and I um, have written a book where it's in editing phase right now and it's literally about what do you have what it wow. takes to take a product to market and it's the first of a three series um and so so this is a book um and and we're going to put it into very we're going to uh what is it we're going to give you a synopsis of it. I was trying to mm -hmm. make up a word there. Um, I like to do that all the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, I have to, I have to go back. So, I mean, back to our, our team is Jules and I have done a really good job about putting people in the right seat mm -hmm. on the bus. And mostly. that's mostly now we have, we have spent a ton of money that we wish we had back on marketing companies that, that did not follow through or did not, do what they said they were going to do. Mm -hmm. And so that's super important when you're starting out as a startup to be careful of who you're, who you're bringing in and who you're paying. Yeah. Um, and so the, that was a lesson that was a very hard lesson for us to learn. Um, and you and know, nobody cares about it like you do. Yeah. They mm -hmm. just, um, but with funding, you're always going to need more money than you, than you think you do. Um, and so you need to ask for it. And then with manufacturing, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it depends, depends on manufacturing, but there are so many people out there. I mean, Jules and I have, we are not the smartest people in the room. And so we've surrounded ourselves with smarter people and we're not afraid to ask. We're not afraid to ask the hard questions. We're not even afraid to ask the easy questions, you know, that we may not have the answer to, but somebody else may come up with, oh, I, I can help you with that. And so we have built and we're about building relationships. And so building, we've built relationships that we have learned from the experts. 
where we have, we are quickly becoming the experts, you know, and I don't think we'll ever quit learning because I think there's always something we can learn. Um, so with funding and manufacturing, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a full-time job, a full-time job mm -hmm. to raise funds. And it's a full-time job with manufacturing. And we always have to stay ahead of the curve too. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, we're, we say we're, we're not a one hit wanderer. Um, it, Cause that's the name of our product. We, you know, we have other products that are coming out behind it. And so we're staying ahead of every, everything else. Cause we know eventually we're going to probably get knocked off. And so we just have to be ready for the next product and the next series and the next adventure. And uh, mm -hmm. so it's just staying ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you brought up like having a really strong website, the notion that, um, that can make you appear bigger than you are or more established than you are. And I think that's one of the things that us also like being in the startup world and the Shopify ecosystem, when you're having a lot of um, startups and awesome brands hit the market is you can, you like run the risk of oversaturation. Right. But with a really established or a really well curated website um, that portrays the brand in a way that can put from a consumer point of view put one one brand higher than the other I think it's a really smart play and I think it's something sometimes really hard to quantify I see this a lot with social media too mm -hmm. where um like the influence and the impact of branding obviously we all know it's hard to qualify or quantify but with social media, what I've seen that's kind of equivalent to website um, branding is also the like website or the social presence. And I don't even think that equates to a big following, but a loyal following. So I don't know mm -hmm. how you you two feel about that. Um, because I think like big followings, it can come with a lot and you can get there a lot of different ways. Um, some way easier than others. Like if you go viral, right? I think nobody would disagree with the fact that that would probably be um, a very efficient way to have a large following. Mm -hmm. But what I've seen with the brands that I shop with um, is like a lot of engagement and a lot of reviews from customers like in the comments. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know if if you two have thought through that all at all of like comparing mm -hmm. website yeah. shopping and social media and how you all think about it. But I'd love to hear your thoughts? Yeah. So, um, we have, uh, we have a great loyal following, right? And what I've been seeing is with brands now, they want to connect to the founders. They want to hear from the founders. They want, I mean, and I think TikTok has been, um, has been a big proponent of this. And a big reason for this is because you can hold up your phone and get on and, talk about your business and show the behind the scenes. And, and even if you have a big company, people feel like they know you, which is really cool. Um, so TikTok has been really significant for us um, where we can, our product is so demonstrable that we can put on a 20 second video and we've gone viral a bunch of times um, because people love to see that they love to see the transforming and, but then they also love to hear from us and they love to see, oh my gosh, it's two 50 year old women who are doing this, who left their jobs, kind of went or not kind of went all in and are making this work, you know? And so people love to connect with that story. 
Um, and they feel like they know us, which is really cool. And we've, gosh, we've been to trade shows and people will walk, will walk up and go, oh my gosh, I follow you on LinkedIn or I follow you on TikTok or I follow you. And it's the coolest thing because not that we're celebrities or influencers by any stretch, but it's to feel connected because of something we put out there, it inspires us to keep doing more, you know, because it makes that long like barrier where people felt like, gosh, I'll never know the people who've invented this to walk up to us and go, my gosh, hi, like I'm Jules, this is Stace. It's so nice to meet you. And so social media is really, really significant for us. We have a private Facebook group called OME Gear Insiders, where we share kind of the behind the scenes stuff. And, and so that's even on another level of, you know, people who we're really connected with and want to be more connected with. So social is really important to us. Um, when we're waiting, we told you behind, like before we went live, we're waiting on a large investment. And once that comes through, we're going to be very, very purposeful to not lose the personal touch yeah. of our company. We want to stay right on the front lines um, and connected to our customers. I love that. The, um, the notion of um, like wanting to, wanting to continue to be the face of a brand. I think it's something that I was not aware of before entering this industry um, and not aware of how much how as a consumer, the difference that it makes when you do recognize a face with a brand. And now yeah. that I'm in this space, of course, I'll never, I tell all my friends about it. And I'm like, okay, but like, do you recognize like Barstool, right? They're not in the Shopify ecosystem, but they have, and I know this because um, one of my friends is uh, working on a project with them, but so it's very top of mind. But like the reason that they have such a big following is because Dave Portnoy is the face of the brand and he's out there. He's in front of people, whether you like him or not, you know who he is and he is truthful to himself, which I think it that is portrayed through the screen and so many other brands, um, the same, I would say like the same thing, but that's one that comes to mind where I'm like that. And I tell my friends, I'm like, that's exactly what at Malomo, like the importance of the brand is what we're seeing. Right. Mm. And so I love that you all are aware of it and know the importance of once you do get that investment, you don't want to lose that because you've seen the influence that it has. Mm -hmm. um, I also wanted to say that, so in regards to people coming up to you and saying, you know, I've seen you on TikTok or I follow you on LinkedIn or maybe listen to your podcast. Um, one of my podcasts that it's called Armchair Expert. It's with Dak Shepard and Monica Padman. Love it. Um, and they they talk about like the parasocial relationship that forms because of podcasts and like because of communities that you're um, in online. And ever since I heard that, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, my God, now I have like a name to what I've been feeling. Um, <laughs> so so I, I feel like that's exactly what's happening to everyone, whether it's through podcasts, through LinkedIn, through communities like um, Facebook groups and all that jazz. And it's something that <laughs> now I preach about nonstop because I like having a name for it. Um, but even though it's parasocial, if that's what like a parasocial relationship, I don't think it's inauthentic, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Right. Like you still very much know the person because you're hearing what they're saying um, or seeing what they're saying, but it just isn't the maybe type of relationship we're used to because technology and be able to chat online is still so new in the, in the time frame of our, you know, Mm -hmm. of humans being alive. Yeah. Um, so 
So it's all, it's all so interesting. And I love yeah, I love it is. And it. what it, I, and now I love it too. And what, um, what Stace and I have often found is that at least in the past, um, you wouldn't hear about any of the struggles of growing a business. Mm. You just see the success, right. right? Like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this founder has this incredibly successful business. And what what I love and what I'm drawn to in the founders are the ones who share the hardships along the way, because that feels more relatable to me, right? And, and so I can connect with that and I can go, gosh, if they can do it, I can do it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and not feel like they're way up here and I could never reach the success that they have. And so that's one of the things that Stace and I are really committed to is, I mean, maybe especially with female entrepreneurs, because I think um, even statistics say our road is harder, mm-hmm. right? And it's not like, woe is us, but our road is harder. Only 1.6% of funding goes to women. Um, manufacturing relationships are harder with women because people think they can take advantage and we don't know as much. And um, sitting in boardrooms is harder for us women. I mean, just everything. Now, I think the tides are changing and we anticipate and and um, are fully committed to being a part of those front lines of change, which we're really, you know, so stoked about. Um, but it, it's there. We have to have people rise up and say, this is hard, you know, and so our whole mantra is we want to fill in the potholes with rocks so that people behind us have an easier road. Um, and so if we need to get on social media and we need to say today sucked, I mean, it sucked like it was so hard, but tomorrow's going to be better, you know, or maybe it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the season, the season, you know, yeah. just to make it like make us approachable and make mm-hmm. the journey more approachable. That's what we're committed to. Uh, Jules and I have a coaching and consulting business coaching and consulting firm, and we have a, a client that's going through a tough time, a personal, a personal tough time. And she's also a business owner. And, um, and yesterday I had to take off the coaching hat and put on the personal hat and say, listen, we understand where you are. And I think that, and then when I, I wrote this long synopsis that we're literally, we've been training in God's gym for the past three years. I mean, it's the, it's the hardest workout we've ever done in our life. And she's now part of that gym. She's she's getting a taste of that training. Yeah. And and all that to say is, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable to people who look to you for advice or think that you have it all together. And, and it's okay to drop that curtain and say, I don't have it all together mm-hmm. um, every day. And and yes, it may be getting easier and um, things that I'm, I'm learning new tools, how to use new, I'm discovering new tools and learning how to use new tools, but I'm just because I'm a business coach doesn't mean I have all the answers for myself, hmm. you know? And so it's, it's really, and that makes us more relatable. That makes us more approachable to people. And it's funny, you know, we, we get that. We will go to a trade show and they're like, you're the chair girls. That's what we're, 50. oh, she's 52 and I'm 51 and we're still the chair girls. The chair girls. We'll, we'll be chair girls. It'll for, stick forever. Yep. <laughs> forever. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm 12. Um, but, but, and people recognize this and people recognize hers because she is, Jules, because she's so active on LinkedIn and gives so much good stuff, good nuggets mm-hmm. on LinkedIn that is, 
Um, and you know, I love it. I, I love what she's doing on LinkedIn. I love the connections and I get to be a part of those connections, um, via her, you know, her LinkedIn presence. And it's just, mm-hmm. we've just built some really great relationships. And I think it does make us more approachable, um, with, with her presence on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I'm not as, I'm not a big fan of TikTok. Jules does all the TikTok and she has the bag and plead and, and, and for me to get on a TikTok and every now and then I'll show up, but um, she just does a phenomenal job on social media. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have, now yeah, we have our interns that we have that do. We have a team. A team that, too, yeah. that does a phenomenal job as well. Um, yeah. So yeah. I can't wait to go stalk your LinkedIn or not. Well, yes, LinkedIn, but TikTok as well. Oh, awesome. <laughs> after <Thanks>. this, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. after I chat with someone is when I let myself, um, you know, just like absolutely yeah. go wild on. So well, I mean, but the thing is, is like life has been happening for us outside mm-hmm. of Omni Gear, and so I've been slack actually on posting videos. So I, mm-hmm. it's like it's easy to get out of the routine, and really, truly, if you're if you're active on TikTok, it's at least three to four videos a day, which is hard to keep up with, especially as a founder to, you know, try to do that. So this is a great reminder to me to get, get my butt back in gear. And <laughs> well, I promise I am not judging. I can't even imagine. Um, she social falls gone, under, she's gone viral three times on TikTok. Mm, well, well, there well, you go. Be more than that. <laughs> anyway, it's been great. Or more than, like I you don't... said, at the top of this call, when we hopped on, um, even before we started recording, we're manifesting all the good, all That's the good right. vibes. All... So yeah. another, <laughs> another viral video is right on the horizon. I do want to talk. So yeah, one of the things I was just chatting about um, with one of our partners earlier in the week was how difficult social is. And I feel like a lot of the times, and I don't know if it's just because I am Gen Z, um, but a lot of the times it's, it's, I think social gets the perception that it's like really easy um, or just like anyone can do it or like go viral because a lot of people we've seen like celebrities nowadays, nowadays, a lot of them are from these platforms. And mm-hmm. so I think it gets the notion or the bad, not maybe bad, but the reputation sometimes that it can be really easy and you just like have to post or like once you hack the algorithm, you'll get it. Um, which maybe there's an ounce of truth in some of those things, but the routine of it is really difficult, especially on TikTok, um, where everyone's still figuring it out. But having to <laughs> upload so much content, yeah. um, I think it's a really good point that I think our listeners will appreciate because a lot mm. of the times when we talk about social, it's the strategy, not so much um, the, I guess, not durability, but the willingness to like fully yeah. buy into social media to um, kind of get it to pay off and to get it to a point that you want it to be at. Mm-hmm. And it's not an easy task. So I admire you um, for doing it because I know yeah. it is. Yeah, it can be, it can be messy and it can be um, a yeah. It's a full-time job just for her to to do the video, then edit it, then add add music if she needs to add music, then post it, and then the comments. And she replies to every single one of the mm-hmm. comments. Hats every to you. That's incredible. Yeah. And so it's it's. I mean, she's so personal with it. I can't. I don't have a thick enough skin. People are mean. I can't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah. she she, yeah. she does. She takes it, and she's so even to the the mean people the people that just have nothing better to do than break people down your typical internet troll you know she is so kind with her with her reply where other customers 
read her reply and they will private message her and say, I don't know how you do it. I would have done this, but you, I mean, and (laughs) then we get, all of a sudden we have a customer for life just because the way she replies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It, it does show, even if it isn't immediately the impact of, um, like people, people can read into different things. And I think it's a really, um, it's a really understandable notion to want to reply with maybe not the same kindness that you're getting. Um, and I think as humans, we can all relate of if you see someone else doing it, you're like, wow, power to them because they're able to um, take the high road or to continue to practice kindness, even in the moments when they're not being shown it. Um, mm-hmm. I also wanted to say that I recently have been having a lot of I want to go back to the conversation around female founders because I've having I've been having a lot of conversation with um, some incredible female founders. So I'll have to connect you both um, with the founders at Nara, Imani Collective and um, Little Milk Bar, because I just had conversations. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know any of um, any of their founders or their brands, but um, it's been incredible. And they also from what I gather from our conversations um, have similar experiences and also love to be connected to other founders and especially um, those who are paving the way uh, in a, you know, in a seemingly maybe different or, uh, you know, different industry or whatnot. So it's a reminder to me to do so. Um, Well, as a a side note to that, and I I don't want to miss it because this will benefit female founders. We're hosting an event out in um, California in um, Coronado, San Diego area in April, the end of April. And it's specifically for female founders with products. Um, Mm. So they're product entrepreneurs or inventors or whatever, we'll give you all the information, but there's going to be a pitch um, element of it. And then we're going to have incredible speakers and panelists, and it's going to be very hands-on for female founders in the product space. And so um, it's, and the the pitch money, prize money will be significant. Um, mm, and awesome. Anybody that you know, we'll get you more information about that. As, yeah, I would love it. We can throw the link in the bio, obviously, yeah. um, if you have one yeah, ready. But. And, and, and we're taking, we're taking, um, if you want to, if people want to pitch a product, we're actually taking applications now for that because we got to get it down to the top six. And so- awesome. it, want to pitch a product that we're that's we need them we want we want hundreds to look at keep us busy yeah for sure yeah exactly make it hard right that's what that's That's what we always said we ran a um now i love this tangent uh (laughs) but we ran a competition like a uh, tracking page design competition um Mm. when we launched like a new product and it was so much fun right like so fun to market it and get to see submissions and everything um but it was so difficult to judge because we were like, oh my God, like it's a great problem to have, but it's yeah. a difficult one to um, have to narrow them down and then ultimately choose one winner. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. I love that you got that in as well. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think there's no, I think there's no lack of connections that anyone in this space um, would love to have. I found it's, yeah, it's very, um, very welcoming in that sense. So we'll be sure to share out and support. Um, and hopefully some listeners will, you know, put their pitches in, shoot their Absolutely. shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love it. 
Yeah. Love it. Um, okay. So we have a couple minutes left until an hour, which it doesn't really seem like it, but these conversations always fly by. Um, so I did want to talk about the customer experience because we've been chatting a lot about marketing and founding, um, the company and just operations, all of that. So once a customer orders with you, I know that, um, Stacey, you had said you email them, you ask oh, about like, how did you, Oh, sorry. Joel says, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know you reach out to them, you email them, um, ask them about where, you know, where they heard about you. Um, what else are you all doing in terms of once say a new customer, like a first time customer is coming to your website? Um, can you detail the customer experience a little bit more? Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously they have to come seven times, right? That's the kind of the number, um, the magic yeah. seven. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I mean, we, just to be really transparent, we've got some work to do on this. Hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, a lot of people will say they've got it all figured out. We don't. So our, our AOV is a higher price point, right? So it's three ninety nine. So people are like, what three ninety nine? you gotta be kidding me. But for us, we have to have emails that go out to them. We have to, to prove, right. One that customers love it. So, I mean, we've got a bunch, I mean, all of our reviews on our website are five stars, which is amazing. So we use those reviews and kind of keep those in front of them. Um, we use videos from customers or from us doing demos where it sort of shows the need and the, um, and the value that this product can bring to them. Right. Then we also for holiday seasons for that customer or for that person in your life, who's like the hard person to buy for. And you're always like, okay, what's the creative gift. And we always say our gift, buying somebody a wanderer for a Christmas present makes you the coolest person when gifts are being open, because it's a, it's probably one of the biggest gifts, right? People are always like, Oh, what's that huge gift. And then B it's so unique that people are like, man, like that becomes the gift that they want to play with for the rest of the, you know, the rest of the day. And so for us, um, we, we've been so piecemeal with our marketing that we've done campaigns that have worked, which have all been awesome. We've done campaigns that haven't worked and we're like, oh, like that was a waste of money. But through all of it, we're learning what our customer responds to. And so um, it's what it is. It's very personal. It's very hands-on. Um, it's very customer uh, opinion forward, right? So those mm -hmm. reviews. Um, and so all of those things come into our marketing. And for our any of our ads that we do, obviously what always works better is where they can see the product in action and, and often not by us. And it's not professional videos. Those don't work for us mm -hmm. because people feel like they're being sold to. It's always the ones that perform better are the ones that are customers doing the demos, you know, where it's like, and what blows my mind are the videos that have gone viral on TikTok are the ones that are like, through a window of an RV and it's almost feels creeper-ish. And I'm like, oh, this is never going to work. Those are always the ones that go viral. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of dark. I shoot it at night. Stace is given a demo to a random person who walks up. And that's the one that I'm like, oh, this is, I shouldn't even put this out there. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Notification, notification, notification. I'm like, oh gosh, here we it go. It was creeperish that she was recording me without knowing. <laughs> yeah. I did not sound like 
<laughs> but was it worth it if it went viral? But it was worth <laughs> it. It was worth it. Those are the ones that were working. So I think because our product is so demonstrable, those kinds of things are the ones that we need to really focus on and double down on. And so we we will and we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I a lot of the times on this podcast, um, I can see too, especially with someone who might not be as um prevalent or as predispositioned to engage in like thought leadership. Um, a lot of the times when I ask questions, sometimes we'll be like, well, I don't, I don't have that right answer. And I'm like, that is, that's not what we're looking for. It's just whatever answer is right for you. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you saying, you know, this is something that we know we can improve on. Um, and that we're learning through this right now. I always love those and appreciate those types of answers. Cause like you said, it helps a lot of people who are listening to this podcast going, where the hell do I, you know, plant my fat flag first? And um, how do I try and even just solve this when I have X, Y, Z goal in mind? Um, So I very much appreciate the vulnerability and honesty and willing to share. And I think the, um, I hope the listeners are also equally enticed by this creeper video and try and find it. (laughs) um, Find you all. (laughs) It'll be like a fun little scavenger hunt. Um, So the last Oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What you just said. Um, everybody's just doing the best they can. Right. Mm -hmm. So even, even the brands that seem like they've got it all together, a hundred percent, I guarantee you behind the scenes, it's chaos. They're putting out little fires everywhere. (laughs) It's because as founders, what we've learned is our key role is to be chief solution officer, right? Chief problem solver. And so anybody who appears as though they have it all together, it's just like anything on social media, that's the highlight reel. So Mm -hmm. just for your listeners to know, um, if they feel like they're chaotic, so is everybody else that they're watching who they feel like has it together. Yeah. And sometimes that chaos is fun. Sometimes it's not, (laughs) you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I feel like, um, with our business coaching um, firm, which is called a salty rim. It's, it's uh we like margaritas, um, but no salt. I love that name is the missing ingredient in a company um, and, or in things um, even in recipes, even in dessert. But yeah. we found that a lot of our, our clients um, feel like they're alone and Jules and I are very, very fortunate to have each other mm-hmm. in this process. Um, but so we come in with our clients and, and make sure that they f- they don't feel like they're alone. And I think that that becomes a struggle where people just feel like they're sitting at the top of the, the bottom of the mountain, just looking up and they're like, how can I get there? Mm-hmm. And they have no idea their path. And so, uh, you know, so we are very fortunate that we have this relationship that we can bounce ideas off each other and and navigate this mountain together. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. I love that. And following the mountain, um, analogy of like, you don't, you don't, you never look back and see how far you've come. I don't think I'm actually saying it right, but you know what I'm alluding to, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, said way more eloquently by someone else, but gets the point across. Um, so I love that. And I know I want to be conscious of time. We've already hit the hour mark. Um, thank you so much, both of you for taking the time. It has been an absolute pleasure and joy. I love these conversations and I have adored getting to look into your brand, um, getting to learn more and think through all the questions that I wanted to ask you. So thank you for being willing to join. Cause it's been awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. I love what you're doing and we're honored to be a part of just a small part of it for sure. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that.